I, I, this is the thing you have to do with this one here. You have to flip it like you're flipping a lock of hair over your... Yeah, that's right. I never warned my wife before she married me about how zany I could be. So once we got married, I just cut loose. <laughs> so she doesn't have regrets. But, yep, sometimes I'm a little over the top. Good morning. Good, mo- good morning. How are you? Well, it sounded terrific. What do you mind? Well, I'd say, I'd say you're... Well, I'll say you're terrific for you. How's that? I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that for you. So that way you don't have to say anything, but just say, hey, you know. <laughs> All right. We are back at it again today, and we are going to pick up our lesson uh, from page two of our lesson number nine. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, don't be sorry. That's why I make extras. We just make sure we're all together. It's third Sunday, and, well, I try to blow the print up if I can, but, you know, we'll get to another page. I could do that. I could blow it up. We'll work on that. Okay. As a brief reminder also, just to to let you know that um, we are still in the midst of our uh, seminar for the Art of Marriage, which will be continuing and concluding this afternoon at 5 o'clock for the men and the ladies during the cell group session. So I don't want to miss announcing that for the purposes of uh, following through. Some of you who were here yesterday, you're aware of that. For those who aren't aware, that we'll be continuing this afternoon at 5 o'clock and concluding during the cell group session. So uh, we had a great uh, session yesterday, uh, yesterday morning, and we do want to encourage people to come back for the cell group session where we will be giving, you might have seen the, some of the decorations that are up for that from yesterday. Um, and we will be giving away prizes as well, uh, but you have to be present to win. So that's one thing I want to make sure that you're aware of too, that if you're not here, you can't win. Uh, um, So it's just like anything else. um, You must be present to win. Use that kind of a a byline. And uh, with that in mind also too, as also another brief reminder, because it's coming up, the date's coming up sooner than we... um, uh, the calendar, the time marches on. The spring break, <laughs> spring break 2019 is April 5th and 6th, and we will also be announcing that during church today as well, too. And in order for you to uh, guarantee getting a room, uh, if you're staying overnight for the spring break conference, uh, $98 plus tax, that is the best rate. Yes. Um, we... Um, encourage you to make sure that you book your reservation and we'll give you the code that you'll need to do that if you need to even want to do it online but uh, you'll get the best rate hotel prices are going up i was i was really looking at how the the, the stow location is going up in price but the 98 dollars plus tax rate is the best rate you can get so it puts you up a little bit over a hundred dollars but that's the best rate and you can get up to four in a room if you want to go uh, to the event. So we encourage you. 
Um, His Name is Wonderful is the name of the conference. We're going to spend some time, because we are all different people, different personalities, different shapes, sizes, and colors, God created us that way as individuals. He gives us all these different names to help us to relate to him. And for some of us, we need uh, special help with relating to him based upon our personalities. We're going to talk about that. We're going to discuss those different names and ways that we can relate to him because, frankly, the more we know about God and how he reveals himself to us, the more we can have a more beneficial relationship with him. And that's really what the conference is all about. All of our conferences, the spring break conferences, are based upon relationships. Relationship, whether it be interpersonal relationships or our own relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So we'll be talking about that, and we encourage you to sign up and get involved with that. That's April 5th and 6th, so the conference itself is free. So you just need to go to Stowe to go to, to attend it uh, at the meeting room. So, and, and you do not have to stay in the hotel to go to the conference. So you're welcome to come and go. If you want to come back and forth and go, but if you stay at the hotel, breakfast is free. Uh, that's, that's the nice thing about that. All right. We have just dispensed with all the advertising uh, for events for tonight and also for the coming spring break conference. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and get started and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us to come before you and just sit quietly and listen to the Spirit speak. And Lord, we thank you that the Spirit is speaking and not just me. Uh, We praise you, Lord, for that. And we praise you for your presence this morning. We know that we're more than two are gathered. You are here, and we just thank you for that as well, too. We pray for good discussion. We ask that you bless this group right now, um, and bless the food for those who have been able to participate in that as well, too. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And not to you know, also talk about you know, third Sunday, we usually have a nice little spread of food, so we appreciate you guys, whoever sets it up. Uh, kudos to you for doing it. <laughs> Big Jim in the back has took full credit for that. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started now. Page two. We left off where we were talking about uh, during the study about this thing about anger uh, involved in this whole thing about justice being delayed or justice denied. And I wanted to pick up there and talk about how anger basically will take you away from your life objectives. True or false? True. Yes. You're getting started early. We just, <laughs> we just got going. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, Let's establish that we're talking about prolonged anger. Um, you need a sheet, too? They really hope they're teaching the fire, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. And that's fine. Uh, that, this is why we had this discussion. Thank so you. That's Very fine. Cute. Okay. You're welcome. And, and that's okay, because that's why we had the discussion. Um, but ultimately, we need to talk about what type of anger we're referring to. We're talking about a prolonged anger. We're talking about a prolonged anger that develops into bitterness that develops into something that takes you to completely off your game, completely off your focus as far as life is concerned. How many of you have met people who are just angry all the time? 
a lot of people, well, <laughs> in your profession, you might meet a lot of people like that, yes. Um, that's the thing we need to understand. That's the type of anger we're referring to here. And that's something we need to understand that because you may not get what you want, it doesn't mean that you have to have a vendetta or any kind of an issue where it just takes you off your focus. Now, here's a, a, a thing that really we need to look at too, very, and this applies to black people, especially in the civil rights movement. We know that there was a lot of injustice that took place back at that time. I saw an actual report this morning about one of the Tuskegee Airmen and what they had to go through in the armed forces, uh, in the Air Force, how they were being treated. They originally were treated very poorly. It was indicative of the time, and they were essentially uh, put forth as the Tuskegee Experiment. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. But the experiment was that they were going to try to have these black men get involved with the Air Force, and the experiment had the expectation of failure because it was written even in the papers that put forth this Tuskegee experiment. You can't say it Tuskegee quickly because you had to say it because it's just the way the way it's pronounced. But even written in the papers for that experiment, it was, all, it was written and determined ahead of time not unlike what they did back in the, during Civil War times where black people were deemed to be less intelligent, less capable of understanding, less capable of reasoning, and therefore they would not be successful in their efforts to either fly planes or do whatever it is necessary to uh, perform their duties. Well, obviously that was disproven. Now, that's injustice that's taking place in a constant reminder of who you are as a person. Either you go and say, you know what, I'm better than that. I'm above that. I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get bitter. We're not going to always hear about people who are failures in that area. We will hear about the success, success stories. The point is, is that there were many success stories that we do hear about, and we do celebrate that. Now, and those things are just more than just achieving over for a civil rights situation. That's a personal thing where you're saying, I'm not going to let these injustices affect me personally to the point where I become angry, bitter, and it takes me off of my focus of being the best person that I can be. That's what we need to take away from that. People had every reason to be angry and bitter because they were being constantly opposed with injustice. And that's just a fact. You, all you have to do is just look back at the history of it. And even when, you know, when people came back home, they faced that same injustice even when they came back into society. Back in the 45, 1945, 1950, still a lot of bad things were happening. A lot of things were going on where it basically it was just very difficult for black people to assimilate in society. Now, either you're going to be just keep pushing forward and say, I'm not going to let that stop me, or I'm going to be become bitter, angry, and decide that I'm just not going to function. But it takes you off of your game. Yes. Right. Yes. All cultures. That's right. Mm-hmm. The 
Everyone. And had you not had everyone in power mm -hmm. changing laws to do things so that you didn't, as a black person, you didn't have the ability to do it. That's right. So had you not had godly men or other people who came, came alongside of you to work, things wouldn't have occurred to our black people. It took everyone. That's right. It was a black movement. Absolutely. A lot of people don't know that Martin Luther King, when he had his meetings with the Southern Christian Leadership Conference down in South Carolina, there were not just blacks in those meetings. There were whites. There were all different types of people from different societies that came together for the fight for civil rights and justice, which is adding to the point that you're making. Yes? One of the things we have to watch out for is the scripture says, don't look back. Right. Because then you're not fit for the kingdom. If we start looking back and having unrighteous anger, um, th then we're in, we get in trouble. Because then we start to view the future from that back. Correct. And, and I, I did a study on my knee, on my buzzing knee, which is Italian. Okay. And, uh, I never would have guessed that, by the there way. Was a, there was a picture in the book that I got uh, on the knee. It showed a line of men waiting to get a job okay. at a factory. Mm. And there was a big sign out front, and it said, Whites, $2.50 a day. Mm -hmm. Blacks, $1.95 a day. Okay. Italians, $1.65 a day. Mm. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, it, it's a lot easier for us to meld in because of our skin color. Correct. But it cracks me up where I'm always putting some some uh, sunscreen on and going out and trying to get darker, and they're <laughs> all trying to get lighter. <laughs> <laughs> there were many, many injustices that took place when we started really mushrooming as a nation after the Industrial Revolution. There were a lot of things that were taking place that, you know, you've got to do some research and find these things out. So to your point, though, about history, you can either look back at history and say, boy, what a lousy place it was to be here. But if you allow that way of thinking to affect how things are today, you're only hurting yourself. Because clearly there's been progress. Now, how much progress? We can look at individual successes, frankly, and determine that if you really stick to it, you will do well. You'll do fine. And you'll make a difference. And you can make a difference when it comes to social justice. But having said that, God is the one who is going to enable you to do whatever you need to do if you're really trusting in him. And that's the difference that we have as individuals. We can take worldly approaches or we can take godly approaches. The godly approaches are what we need to always look at when it comes to even responding to anger. What does scripture say about anger? It says, be angry in righteous anger, but sin not. It's giving you a guideline right there with a very short verse. It tells you how you should respond. So even if there is injustice taking place, that scripture still applies. It's not like, well, but this happened. No, that scripture still applies. Be angry, but sin not. We've had a lot of sinning going on in all races, all uh, areas where we know that all you're doing is hurting yourself when it comes to sin. 
And so we need to always keep those things in mind. You know, one of the, one of the things Scripture says that love will cover a lot of sin. Amen. And that will overcome anger. Yes. Love will overcome anger. Love covers a multitude of sins. I had a yes. in my office, and we were talking, I always, I always present Jesus with the will. Yes. Kind of stopped and I said to him, I said, "Do you think I'm telling you the truth?" And this this was an African American, mm-hmm. and he said, "Yeah, I know you are." I said, "You know why I'm telling you this?" He said, "No, I don't have a clue." <laughs> he said, "Because I love you." Okay. And he started to cry. Okay. And he was older than I was, mm-hmm. and he said, "In his whole life, no one ever said they loved me." He okay. said, "Now some white dudes telling me he loves me." Yeah. <laughs> And you know what? That's not hard to believe. Because we, you know, it depends on where you come from, that if someone has never said they love you, you know, that's not hard to believe for a lot of people. But you can see how he, he could have terrible anger. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 we, and rightfully so, to a certain degree, because if someone tells you they don't love you, you're just existing. You're just existing as a person. All right, let's get back. That's a good preface to get back into where we were before about the importance of overcoming. So we're kind of down into the, the, let's go to the midsection where it says, when our pain remains, our emotions are engaged because of it. That's on page two. We can look to God and wonder how his just nature is showing up in what feels so unjust. And this is talking about the widow and the justice that she received back in the scripture where we read earlier. Uh, And it says, what are we to do? The widow appealed to the judge. Have you appealed to the judge? Have you appealed to God for healing or deliverance? How has he responded to you? Remember, put yourself in the place of the widow who was going to before the judge over and over and over again. And she had every reason to be angry because she was being mistreated by this godless judge. How would you feel in that situation? You're looking for relief. You're looking for a response. You're going according to the law to get this relief. And yet the judge was just blowing her off. Yes. I went to Will five hundred years ago. Okay. And um, because I knew you were there, I know that feel anger takes you over. Okay. Well, the thing is, too, we have to understand that we, we, we have to always come back to how God allows these things to happen. 
And sometimes he allows them to happen to see how you respond. Which is sometimes a tough pill to swallow, but that's exactly what it's all about. How are you going to respond? No, and, and it, we wouldn't expect it to be easy. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. But the thing is, it was a few weeks ago, I received a notice from my electric company. They were going to fix my box. Okay. So I went, all right, Lord, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I received a notice in the mail that I was doing the garden. And I kind of heard myself, I'm going to pick that notice up out of the garden. And I picked the notice up, and what it was was consolidating debt. Okay. And I said, well, I, you know, I have the debt. I should pay the debt. Call the people. <laughs> and it consolidated the debt. They're still getting paid. But I'm getting $300 a month of interest. There you go. So I was able to negotiate to be paid back, mm-hmm. which is good. So when a job hasn't canceled, it's just you take that breath of, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Very good. That's there's a positive Amen. Absolutely. Okay. So circle the word, look down on your handout, that best describes his response or add your own description. In other words, if, if you're appealing to God himself, have you asked for deliverance? Do you, see, circle the word that best describes his response or add your own description. If you're appealing to God for relief in some area, have you, are you going to circle the word silence, comforting, responsive? Now, don't circle a word just because you think it's the right word to circle for the sake of this class. Be honest with yourself. If you're appealing to the Lord for something, is he responding to you? Is he giving you something? Silence, comforting, responsive, neglectful, harsh, confusing, and that dreaded other. Now, I'm not going to tell you what you should circle. Because one thing you have to understand, too, about, about all of this, too, is like, you know, you know Ronnie made this, this statement about 13 years working for something. Remember, God has a clock that we don't have. He has a timetable that we don't have. So for some of you, circling the word silence may be appropriate. But it may not be a bad thing, but you may also, in the midst of circling silence, maybe you can circle the word comforting. Because even though you don't get the response you want, God, being in God's presence should automatically be a comforting presence for you. Is that a fair comment? That's, we're talking about a, God, a God's character. You know, this is one of the things we'll talk about during our seminar. God's character is that he loves you and he is going to reassure you of that love through comfort, a comforting presence. Now, you may not get any answer that you're looking for to get relief for a situation. Amen? It may be a delayed response. Goodness knows, back in the Civil Rights Movement, a lot of people didn't get the answers they probably wanted right away. But they may very well have learned about relying upon God, because that's what a lot of the discussions were taking place even during Martin Luther King's time. Where were they meeting at a lot? In churches. 
Where were they giving, putting a lot of their effort into? God the Father, giving comfort, giving presence to this entire, that entire movement. He does the same thing for us as well, too, as we look to him. But we need to understand that sometimes other people may not interpret it that way. Some people may take it as silence. Some people may take it as, well, because you're not responding, it's now a harsh thing. Yeah. Joseph's life. That's right. That's right. It's almost too bad that in Genesis, in those later chapters, 45, 46, 47, where we saw what Joseph went through, that we didn't get more as far as his personal response. We learned about it later on where he knew that God was using him in the midst of his affliction to be a rescue for his own family, let alone the people in the future. See, that's what I'm talking about, God's timetable, God's clock. Joseph had insight that others didn't have. That's what he was able to share with the Pharaoh, that there was going to be some good times and then there was going to be some really hard times for seven years. And we need to understand that he had insight. It's almost a shame that we didn't get more from that. And we got a whole lot from Jonah, you know, when he, when he was acting up. But we didn't get as much from Joseph. But yeah, who elevates a slave over a household? Who elevates a slave over a jail presiding over all the people in the jail? That's right. Only God does that, because that doesn't happen any other way. He had such favor that he was given those appointments. Yes. I, I'm curious what the answers were. Um, oh. What people saw, well. Because I circled others. Okay. Because God directs me to Scripture. Yes. Then answers the question, but I have to be willing to hear it. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't. Okay. Who wants to be a guinea pig and, and write down or give us answers as to what they circled on the paper? Or did y'all just circle in nothing at all? Yes, go ahead. Comforting? Okay. Oh, okay. Did you have your... Responsive, okay. It's a big issue, but there's little things where I see this moving an issue. Okay. It's not big, but it's helping the issue. Okay. And I know that, you know, I'm not hearing him, but I'm seeing what he's doing and the people that he's put into that issue. Okay. So there's a responsiveness that takes. So, but you recognize that. That's important to see. Okay. Okay. 
And that's more for you, frankly. Who else? I'm sorry. I can say looking back on my life, I would say there's times that I've been all over. Okay. Because there was time when I worked as mature and God had to show me things that I remember I was silent on God. I was mad at him. I told him I was mad at him. Okay. And then after I've seen him work in my life, I can say now it's more of a comfort knowing because I just want to stop him. Okay. I can say looking, there's been phases of each of those times, you know, depending on what it is that I struggle with. Okay. I understand these answers are going to be predicated upon your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If you think that God is a punishing God, guess what you're going to write down? Neglectful and harsh. That's what you're going to write down. So, and that's not to say bad person for thinking that. It just means that you need to continue to learn more about who he truly is. And sometimes that's hard in very difficult circumstances. But he teaches us all the time. As long as you're alive, he's teaching you. He's giving you information. As long as you're alive and breathing, he's teaching you. For those of us who are over 50 years old, he's still teaching us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Bottom line. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. Now, we know that. We, we, we've seen people who are over 50 who act like they're, you know, like 12 years old. I got that. But we, but we know that he does still teach us, but we have to be what? Good students. We have to be good students. We have to understand that. Yes, Pearl. That's where they are. That's right. where they are. And yeah. I think Immature, right. You know, that, but that's just where they are. We need to recognize that. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we have to act accordingly. We can't treat them like right. they're in 12th grade. Right. When their mind can only concept this word. Exactly. Like a kindergarten. That's right. Discipling people, you're going to have that. You're going to find different people from different levels. So after being taken aback initially, 
You've got to make sure that you understand who you're talking to. Yes, I'm sorry. I was just going to go back to where you were saying how it teaches us yes. more. Um, I become involved with my Bible and reading. Yeah. I feel like the Lord is like speaking to me through words and things that I do, and I, I just feel like He just gives us the scripture. He absolutely is speaking to you through His Word. That's right. That's right. He, he, he absolutely is speaking to you through his word. What, that's one thing we have to understand, too. And, and that, I changed what you said slightly from I feel like to he is. Because that's what we need to understand, too. Feelings are important, but facts, factual information is the most helpful. He is speaking to you. That's what we need to understand about this. He is teaching you as long as you're willing to... Listen to his word, like what Paul said. You have to be willing to listen. Willing to understand. If you're angry, you don't want to hear anybody talk to you, let alone the Lord. You don't want to hear it. It's like, I'm sorry. That's going to be your attitude. That was Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks, by the way. I wanted to show you that's what he did. I was just describing it. Okay. Is or was God's response thus far what you expected and why? Do you expect, most of us expect an immediate answer. Amen? Well, that's not realistic. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's not realistic. An immediate answer is, look, for the things that you're going through, there are not immediate answers usually. It's usually a long-term scuffle, if not struggle. Okay, so how do you tend to continue to appeal or respond to him when you look into the Lord? Now, there are some items there you can check off. I continue to make my plea. I tend to blame myself for a lack of response. Now, now look at what's happening here. We will take ownership sometimes if we don't get the response we think we should get from God. Well, it must be something I did or I'm doing. When that's not necessarily the case at all. So now what you're actually doing is you are shaping your expectations based upon your own perception of what's happening. Now this goes a little bit above and beyond what you might understand in scripture. But we as people will do that. This is our way of thinking sometimes. Look what it says. I continue to make my plea. I tend to blame myself for a lack of response. I basically have stoically settled in to wait for heaven. I've given up on ever getting a response. I'm resting in God's nature and seeking to know him better. And then that dreaded other. Those are all diametrically different answers while you're making appeals to God. But notice that two of them have a direct impression based upon your response, your attitude, while you're waiting for something from the Lord. Do we have a tendency of injecting our own way of thinking into how God responds to us? Yes, because we're human beings. And sometimes we're just emotional wrecks. And we don't handle this stuff well, where God is asking us not only, we're not, we should be praying not only for God's comfort, but his strength 
to be able to get through these things. So that you won't wind up talking about, I tend to blame myself for a lack of response. Well, I must be sinning, I must be doing something wrong because God's not speaking to me. Well, it may not be in God's timing to answer your question right now. That's the tough thing. What do, we, what do we always hear when we pray about God? God hears all prayers, right? And what are the answers to the prayers? Yes, no, and wait. Well, guess what wait does to us? We get anxious. We get anxious. We get weird. We do things. Well, because we don't get the answer right away, we say, wait, we try to force the issue you see what happens? And you see how bad that is if you're angry? If you're angry and forcing the issue, what can happen? You get yourself in trouble. And some do. Okay. Did you have your hand? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Say it again. Okay. Well, we've got to be patient. Don't pray for patience? Go ahead. I'm sorry. The only thing that, and, and you're right, but that requires a lot of maturity of a believer. And if we have immature believers, that's going to be their greatest struggle. Because now they're treating God not like a God who is a comforting, patient God who has everything under control. They're treating God like a genie from a magic lamp where you rub it and you get what you're looking for. And so that's a maturity thing now we're talking about. Because God is not a genie. We've said that over and over in class, haven't we? But sometimes we treat him like he is. All right, I'm gonna, I've got you over here, then I'll come back and come back. Go ahead. I was going to say, sometimes if we get out of the situation really fast, mm-hmm. down the line we're back in the situation. Yeah, that's true. Well, he's teaching you through that whole process, but now, again, are you a good student? Because some folks do the same dumb stuff over and over again, even though God might have delivered them out of a situation, and they come back right into it again because they didn't learn anything from the situation when God was teaching them all along. Of course, <laughs> naturally. And there was, a, there was a section that challenged us in the book, and it talked about God was good, irregardless of the situation, irregardless of what occurred. God is still good. Yeah. And I didn't know that as a person. Right. But I, God began to reveal that to me 
but it was through that silence and through that frustration and through all of that, God showed me that almost like Jonah. No, you say you trust me, but no, you trust your checkup coming up. You say I have your help, but no, you trust your health insurance that you can get to the doctor quick. No, you say that I, you trust me to guide your kids, but mm. no, you really want to continue to homeschool your kids even if you're too old. And he just began to teach and counsel things and show me things that I hadn't, that if you would have asked me, mm -hmm. I would have said they were real. Okay. But I, what I, my point in saying that is I think sometimes it is okay to wrestle and be honest with God because God is teaching you through those steps. And even though I say, like I said, I was angry. He knew, mm -hmm. but he still taught me, and he still drew near to me in his time, mm -hmm. not my time. That's right. Who was the great wrestler in Scripture that we read about? Jacob. I say great wrestler. I don't know. They, you know what kind of wrestling are we talking about, right? You know, we're not, are we talking about WWE wrestling? Are we talking about wrestling from a college perspective? But he wrestled with God. And it's something that is written in Scripture for all of us to see. That it's not a bad thing to wrestle with God because that in that wrestling, guess what's happening? Education. You're learning something. You're being taught something. And like I told you before, it's okay to ask God questions. You may not like the answers, but ultimately it's okay to ask those questions. You, you had your hand up. Absolutely. Yep. Amen. Yep. That's right. So now turn to Luke 18, verses 4 and 5 real quick. Since she just mentioned that, that's a very interesting thing. Because we're going to be dealing with a lot of people sometimes who don't know the Lord, if not hate Him. You get what I'm saying? You, as a believer in Jesus Christ, know that you have an advantage. The advantage is the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. The one who's teaching you, the one who's guiding you, the one who's instructing you, the one who is giving you comfort, the one who is giving you a presence that others will see as you lean upon him. So look what it says. The widow received a response from the judge to her appeal in Luke 18, verses 4 and 5. 
So it says, what, and it says, what was it? For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, that is something that is deliberately in that scripture for you to see. It was repeated earlier above in the passage. So now he's emphasizing this again, and the, God, and the judge is saying this to himself for all of us to now understand. I don't care about other people. I don't respect them. I don't like them. I don't really care about it. I don't fear God. But verse 5, yet because this widow keeps persist, pestering me, excuse me, pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Now, we need to understand that God is bigger than any godless person who stands in the way of us receiving justice. From the civil rights movement, they should have been saying this verse over and over again. God is bigger than all of this stuff that we deal with. Much bigger. So we see where the just judge's response now, you have to compare that to how, or compare or contrast to how you feel God responds to you when you're making appeals. That's what we need to see here. Now, look, now let's just, for, uh, to, just to close this section out, look at what it says in verses 6, 7, and 8. Then the Lord says, listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? His elect refers to who? People who believe in him. That's the advantage you have. Will he not grant justice to those who cry out to him day and night? The elect. Will he delay helping them? The answer is delay, not so much in time, but as in the final result. Because we can't put a time... Delay is mean he's not going to delay. He knows about your appeal. He knows what's going on. You have to understand he's going to work it according to his timing, according to his circumstances that are being provided. He's going to work it out for you. So as long as we don't put this timetable on him and start jumping ahead of God, we'll be fine. We usually mess that timetable up because we put our situation ahead of his saying, I can't wait no more. And we mess it up. Amen? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. We mess it up. And the Lord will come back to you later and say, if you had just waited, I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? What he wants to see is us be faithful. We need to remain faithful. There are a lot of people who are believers who we're told in Scripture who are just not going to be faithful at the end because they're tired of all the crap they're dealing with, all the garbage, all the stuff that's being put before them, and they're not really looking to the Lord for comfort or for even for His presence. You had to learn that. 
You had to learn that very thing. You have, we're all learning this stuff. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yep. Yes, the, the judge, he was his own God, yes. He was tired of this woman's ministry. Yeah. So I, I remember reading some time ago a commentary about this. And this is what they call a black eye. A black eye? Yeah. Okay. You ever seen a judge walk out of court with a black eye? I have not seen that personally. Therefore, she was pestering him. And in tradition of saying this was giving him a black eye, because he wasn't responding to her wishes. I see. Making a bad reputation for the judge. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I thought of that. We're yeah, we're over time now, so we'll keep that in mind. I. I see. Did you have? Yeah. Was he just trying to show that he had the power to... Uh, the judge? Yeah. And I don't see her name about God or people coming and begging me before mm-hmm. her or mm-hmm. anything. He's just trying to show his authority? Yes. Strictly? Absolutely. That's all it was because she had every right to make the appeals. He wanted to show he was in control. Yeah. We've seen judges like that, haven't we, Paul? (laughs) All right, we're going to stop because we're over time now, but we'll pick up next week and finish this lesson off. But I want want you to all just keep these things in mind about how we're looking at our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We really need to keep examining that and keep looking at how when we're praying, we're not praying selfishly, but praying in a righteous manner and doing so with a perspective that we don't need to be angry, we don't need to be taking... We need to do anything and look at anything with a righteous anger, but ultimately don't sin. That's what usually hampers us in developing our relationship even further. It's that sin that blocks us. So we need to keep that in mind. Father, thank you for this time you've given us to just come before you once again with great discussion. We thank you for the presence of the Spirit who enlightens us and teaches us. We thank you for your word, how you just give us instruction. And Lord, we are just so thankful and we just give you praise now. We pray for the upcoming message and the speaker in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thank you.